and welcome to episode number 117 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. The Quality Christian Living podcast is designed to help people learn how to live a wonderful, abundant Christian life. We talk about subjects that deal with how to handle life in general. So today we're going to be discussing the topic of God is our source for hope. Before we get into it, let's pray and ask for the Holy Spirit's anointing. Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity once again to speak to these folks at this time. I pray you would bless them. I pray you would open up my heart to help me to know exactly what to cover and what to stay away from, Father. I pray that you would bless the notes that I've written, the scriptures, Father, that you would bring an anointing upon them to help me bring forth what people need, Father, who are listening in today. I thank you for it now, and I'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. In my previous podcast, we talked about the topic of God is our source for peace. We're going to be having an entire series of topics dealing with the issues where God is our source. And that led us into today's discussion on God is our source for hope. There's a lot of folks in life that lack hope. They lack a dream. They lack a future. They sometimes wonder what their purpose here on earth is all about. So today we're going to get into the scriptures. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to us exactly how we should interpret those scriptures dealing with the subject of hope. I'd like to start off by asking some questions and give you some promises for what we're going to talk about today. I believe today will be a, an eye-opener for a lot of people who struggle from time to time wondering what's going to happen next and have some anxiety or some concern or worry about things that are going to happen. And they're looking for hope. They're looking for God's plan and direction for their life. So let me start off by asking you a couple questions. First of all, where do we place our hope? You know, a lot of folks, they place their hope in their finances or their retirement plan. But the Word of God tells us in Matthew 6, 19, how we should look at our finances. Jesus is speaking here. It's in the New Living Translation I'm reading from, Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Jesus speaks and says, Don't store up treasures here on earth, where moths eat them and rust destroys them, and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven, where moths and rust do not destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be. I guess that kind of wraps it up, doesn't it? It tells us that we should never place our hope in our finances. There's a lot of folks that I met in my years as a banker who placed really all their hope and all their concerns for the future in their finances, in their wealth, to gain great wealth. And many of them had success financially. But on the other side, many had problems dealing with their family, with their marriages, their health issues. And the Word of God tells us to avoid doing that. Don't store up your treasures, it says, in any place other than in heaven. And after it says that, Jesus tells us in verse 21, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be. We might want to ask ourselves a question right now. Where are our desires? You might ask yourself, what do I talk about the most? If your discussions are all about finance, and wealth and retirement and things of that nature. Most of that is good. There's nothing wrong with it. But a lot of folks get all wrapped up into it to where they wind up focusing so much on that that they mess up the rest of their life. Reminds me of a story of a young man who was 19 years old. I met him recently, just in the last few months. And he told me how he received some money from one of his grandparents, left him some money, and he went into the cryptocurrency market and invested the money there and wound up making literally millions of dollars. And he had this incredible wealth overnight. Well, he wasn't prepared for it. He wasn't a believer. So he didn't know where to seek help and counsel. So he just kept investing and throwing money around and basically wound up losing all of it. So he struggled with keeping his focus on 
the more important things in life than his finances, and now he's suffered the consequences from it. It's not just money where people place their hope. A lot of folks put their entire hope in their career, or a home that they want to buy, or their marriage, or their exercise plan, or their healthy diet, whatever it might be. Now, all of these things are good. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with a career and a home and, and exercise and all those great things. There's nothing wrong with that. But we best not make it our number one hope in our life. Our hope must be in our relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the hope of eternal life with Him. Let's look at Psalm 119 and verse 49. See what it tells us. I'm reading in the New Living Translation. Very simple verse. It says, Remember your promise to me. It is my only hope. The psalmist knew what their only primary hope would be. And that, of course, is having a right relationship with the Lord. So I want to take some time now and get into some scriptures and talk about what the Lord describes as hope and what his plan for us is to have hope in our life, the hope that he desires for us. I want to read from Romans chapter 15 and verse number 13. Once again, in the New Living Translation, this is a wonderful scripture, and it certainly ties into this discussion on God as our only source of hope. Here's what it says. Paul wrote these words, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, there's a lot to talk about just in that one verse because Paul addresses so many issues. First of all, we want to know that God is our source for hope. And Paul tells us that. He says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with what? He says, with joy and with peace because you trust in him. I guess what Paul is saying here is that God is our source for hope and he's our source for joy and for peace and for trusting in him. And then after he tells us all that, he says, then you will overflow with confident hope. Now, what's confident? confident hope. That's hope that isn't shaken by a little problem. You see, a lot of folks may have hope in a situation, then a trial hits or a problem happens or maybe a health thing hits them or a financial issue hits them and they are shaken and they're bothered by their lack then of confidence and hope and trust in God. When we have confident hope, we can be comfortable through whatever circumstances we go through. Because it says here that we'll have that confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, it's not us. It's not our body, our strength, our mind, our hope that gets us through these challenges. It's the power of the Holy Spirit who comes into us and dwells in us and then comforts us through difficult challenges that we might face in our life. And we won't lose our hope, our joy, our peace because we trust in God. So I hope that that's starting to get into your spirit because that's the point we want to make today, that God created us so that we can be people filled with hope, people filled with joy and peace. So let's move on now to the next scripture and see what God has to tell us. I'm turning to the book of Romans chapter 12 and verse number 12. Once again, the emphasis is on understanding how to get hope and to hold on to it and hang on to that precious hope. It's found in Romans chapter 12 verse 12 in the New Living Translation. It says here, rejoice in our confident hope, be patient in trouble, and keep on praying. So here Paul is telling us that we need to once again have an attitude of rejoicing in the hope that we have. And we need to be patient in the middle of trials and challenges and trouble that we face. And through all of these things, we need to keep praying. So I guess I should focus here on the on the idea of prayer. There's a lot of people who have a difficult time with prayer in their life. And I believe prayer is a key to understanding how to receive hope, and that our source of hope comes from God. You see, when we pray, we put aside 
things, our time, our activities that we were going to do other than pray, and we spend time talking to our Lord. Have you ever run into a good friend that you haven't seen for a while, and you sit down and talk with them, and before you know it, a half hour has gone by, an hour has gone by, and two hours have gone by, and the conversation is continuing on, and you're really enjoying it? Well, I'm not saying we have to pray for two hours, but I can tell you that God wants to have time with us in prayer, and we need to get to where we enjoy prayer. We look forward to prayer because we know that we're speaking to the best friend that we'll ever have, our biggest cheerleader that we'll ever have, and the one who created us and the one who sent his son as a sacrifice for our sins that we could spend eternal life with him. So when you think of prayer that way, it's going to give you greater hope in your life. And Paul tells us here to be careful, to be patient. He doesn't want us to jump to conclusions and doesn't want us to get a bad diagnosis or something at the doctor's office and immediately think that, okay, we're going to die now. We've got the big problem and I guess this is the end of my life. We need to have patience with God in our prayer and wait on him. The Bible tells us those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, that when we wait upon him, we're going to be stronger in our walk with him. We're going to be stronger in our confidence in him, and we're going to be stronger and more confident, as the Bible tells us, in our desire to have hope in our life. This next passage of scripture I'm going to read is a little long. It's several verses, but I think it's so appropriate to this teaching on the, knowing that God is our source for hope. So Paul, the Apostle Paul, once again, is speaking in the book of Romans, and he's talking about faith. And of course, you'll see how how faith then brings joy and then joy brings hope and it brings confident hope. So let me just read this to you and I think it'll be something that'll speak into your heart and into your mind. Allow the Holy Spirit now to speak to you. So receive these words. I'm reading from Romans chapter 5. I want to start at verse 1, go down to maybe verse 4 or 5. Let's see how the Holy Spirit leads us. Paul is speaking here talking about how to have joy in our life which is filled with hope. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Verse 2 it says, Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Now that doesn't sound like a person who lacks hope. That doesn't sound at all like a person who is wondering where their next meal is going to come from or wondering how they're going to pay their house payment or whatever it might be. That's a person who has confidence in their relationship with Christ because of their faith in him. So verse 3 it says, We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance. So you see when we face a challenge we shouldn't just get all beat up over it and emotionally shook up over it. I'm not saying that we should invite trials into our life. I'm just saying that when a trial happens and it's going to happen because I know what that's, that's like. I've had several diagnoses of cancer that were pretty brutal but God had a plan for it. He knew how to deal with it and took care of me and I've had issues in my life where I had to make decisions as a pastor of a church to whether we should build a church or not build a church, whether we should continue renting, whether certain people in the church were a benefit to the church or sometimes were causing trials in the church. And these are difficult things to deal with, but all of them, we should look to our faith, which brings joy into our life. And we can actually rejoice when we run into problems and stuff. Now, once again, I'm not saying we should invite problems or trials into our life. I'm not saying that at all. But what I want you to get out of this is that when a trial happens, we can basically know, it says here, for we know that they help us develop endurance. When we have a trial, then we can have developed in our life and in our heart positive attitude about how things are going to come out. Let me let me read a little bit more of chapter 5. Now verse 4, and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. Look at that. 
So as we go through a trial, what it's telling us is we go through a challenge that we're going to be blessed really at the end of it because it's going to give us strength and character and we're going to be able to endure these things. And that hope will not lead to disappointment, it says, because we know that God loves us. In verse 5, it says, this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. I could go on reading there, but I'm not going to right now because I just think some people need right now to stop for a second and take authority over this lack of hope that you feel you're going through right now. Maybe it's filled with doubt and fear and anxiety. So I just feel like I should maybe pray for some of you. If you're currently struggling with anxiety and fear and you're wondering where your hope has gone for the future or your hope has gone for your family or for a loved one, let me just pray for you. Father, bless those who are listening in right now, Lord, that they will take these words that you inspired the Apostle Paul to write. And they'll take them to their heart, Father, that they'll understand, Father, that, that they have been right in God's sight because of their faith that they have in Him. And that they have peace, Lord. I claim that they have peace with God because Jesus Christ bore their sins on the cross. And I believe that, God, that they're going to receive joy in their heart. They're going to rejoice, Father God, even through these challenges that they may be facing today and maybe for a lack of hope in some area of their life. Just bless them and help them, Father. And I thank you for it. And we claim it. And we call forth those things that are not, as your word tells us, as though they are, Lord. We believe it, God, and we're going to have greater hope than we've ever had in our life. In Jesus' name. I feel like I need to take a second and talk a little bit more about confident hope. When it comes to having confident hope, it's not the type of thing that the world has to offer, and that is to have power of your mind or power of your own thinking or that you can do all things in your own ability. I'm talking about confident hope comes in Christ. See, the Apostle Paul didn't say that I can do all things, period. He said, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. And we've got to claim that too. We've got to have confident hope in Jesus and not in our own ability, not in our own strength, not in our bank account, not in our career, not in our relationship with other people. But we have a confident hope because of our relationship with Christ, because we've given our life to him, we've surrendered ourselves to him, and now he is our Lord. He is our guide, our director. He is our strength. He is our wisdom. So we've got to give all the glory and all the credit to God to have hope and to receive confident hope that everything's going to work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. That's a passage of scripture found in Romans 8, 28. And I can tell you, you might want to look that one up and read it again and read it again and receive that confident hope because of your relationship with Christ. There's another wonderful example in the, in the Word of God that helps us understand hope. It's found in the book of 1 Corinthians. So I'm going to read a couple of verses in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 19 and 20. This has to do with the explanation that Paul gave for the of the resurrection of Christ and the resurrection of the dead, meaning those who died in a relationship with Christ when they're resurrected from the dead will come back to eternal life with Jesus Christ and serve with him in throughout eternity. Now, when I read a couple of these verses, I'm leaving a lot of stuff out because I really don't have the time in a, in a short podcast to, to give this entire teaching. But I want to share with you the part that deals with our hope and the hope that we have in Christ, not in our own circumstances. So I'm going to read in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, starting at verse 19 and then verse 20. Paul writes this, And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. So let's go to 21. So, so you see, 
Just as death came into the world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. That is our ultimate hope, and that's why I have to bring this up. It's crucial that we understand that if our hope is in Christ only, that, that he came back to life and that he was resurrected from the dead, then Paul says we're to be pitied than anyone else in the world. You see, because Christ had the hope that he would come back, obviously, because he was a man, he was fully God and fully man that lived on this earth. He had to sacrifice his life for us. He sacrificed and took on the sins of the world on his shoulders in order that we might have eternal life with him. But we got to believe that there's more to that hope than just simply the hope that Christ had for his resurrection. He was resurrected. We know that. The Bible proves it and facts will prove it out that over 500 people saw him come back to life after he was resurrected. Now, it says here, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. So we got to understand that our hope is in the resurrection power of Christ. Our hope is resurrection power. It's faith. It brings joy. It brings peace into our life. And I'm just saying, if you don't have the fullness of hope that you should have, you won't find it in yourself. You won't find it in your own strength, your own abilities, your work, your finances, or whatever it might be, or in other relationships. You'll only find the pure hope, the confident hope that God talks about in these scriptures that I've been reading you today. You'll only find that hope in a relationship with Christ. And if you've not given your life to Christ, you need to ask him to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness and receive him as your Lord and Savior today. And if you do that, you enter into a new realm of understanding. You see, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell inside of us when we give our hearts to Jesus Christ. And then we have hope that fills us. And that hope is for eternity. It's hope for now, but it's hope that goes through eternity. So it's important that we grasp that and realize that hope isn't just that we receive hope for a new car or a new promotion or a bigger house. Those are all okay things, and that's fine. But the hope we're talking about, the confident hope we talk about, is found in the relationship that we have with Jesus and the fact that he was resurrected from the dead and that we will also be resurrected to spend eternity with him. That's the precious hope, the blessed hope that I've been taught since I was a young man. When they would talk about the blessed hope, I didn't understand at all what that meant until I became a Christian. Then I understood the blessed hope is eternity with Christ and to be reunited with our loved ones. So I don't know, I don't, I'm not saying I want to pass on today, but I'm certainly not afraid of death and I don't fear it. But I realize that someday I'll experience that blessed hope and have that eternal life with Christ. And I pray that you will have that also. There's a passage of scripture that kind of explains what I've been talking about. I certainly am nowhere near qualified to speak words greater than what the words are found in the word of God. So let's read in Romans chapter 8 and verse number 23 that talks about what I've been sharing with you in this podcast. And it says, and we believers also groan even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. Verse 24, we were given this hope when we were saved. You see, there's nothing better than to read it directly from the word of God. So I pray that that'll help you get an understanding of what I'm talking about today. Well, I'd be remiss if I just ended the podcast right here and didn't explain a vital part of talking about hope. Let me read to you in Romans chapter 15 again, was in that same chapter, in verse 14. Very important. This is, I think, one of the most important parts of talking about hope. 
Paul says these words, I am fully convinced, my dear brothers and sisters, that you are full of goodness. You know these things so well, you can teach each other all about them. Wow. I'm telling you, that's crucial. That really jumped all over me because many of us understand what it is to have life filled with hope and receive joy from it and just live a life filled with excitement and anticipation of God answering our prayers and anticipation of of things great going to happen in our lives and the lives of those that we love. But it's important that we understand what Paul's saying here. He's saying that whatever we know, we should share with someone else. You know, it's one thing to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, but it's just as important to tell someone else about Jesus Christ. We are responsible to share our faith with other people. We're responsible to share the victories that we've had in our walk with God with other people. And Paul is saying here, basically to all these people, he's teaching them and telling them about how to live a godly life and giving them about strength and understanding and resurrection power. And he just goes on and on talking about all the glorious things of being a Christian. But then he says here, you know these things so well, you can teach each other all about them. So I'm going to encourage you. Matter of fact, I might challenge you to speak hope into someone else's life. It's so important to give people encouragement, to speak life and hope into their lives, and tell them the joy you receive with the confident hope that you have in your relationship with Christ. And if we'll do that, and as we share these things, we'll get a greater sense of hope, a greater strength of hope, a more confident hope in our own life when we share with other people. You see, the Bible tells us if we lack something, we need to give it away so that we'll, it'll come back to us. So if you lack hope, maybe one thing you ought to do is start talking about how to have hope to other people. I've taught you enough today and given you enough scriptures to give you strength to be able to talk to people about the blessed hope that we have of eternal life, but also the day-to-day hope that we can live as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. So with that, you can take this teaching. You can take these scriptures and share them with someone else. So I encourage you. I can't say it really enough to let you know that there's a lot of people around every one of us. Every day we run into people who just need someone to smile at them and encourage them and and give them a blessing. You might want to start tomorrow when you get up and whatever you, if you go to a coffee shop or if you go to work or if you just talk to your kids when they get up in the morning, speak positive, encouraging words. Let them have an understanding that that God is their source of peace, that God is their source of hope, God is their source of love, and point them to Jesus Christ, who is the one who is the epitome of hope and joy and peace in our life. So I'm going to expect the people that are listening in today to take this teaching and then put it into action. It's nice that you received it. It's great that maybe it's helped you. And I believe that it has helped a lot of people today because I know it's encouraged me a lot. But to just leave it at that and not take what we've learned today and share it with someone else would would really not be proper, wouldn't be right because God wants us to share our faith with other people. So I'm going to believe that you're going to do that. And I know that God has a plan and a person already prepared for you to speak to who'll be receptive to receive what you're going to share with them. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you again for this lesson. Thank you again for your scriptures, Father, because without them, we wouldn't have a lesson. We wouldn't have a testimony. We wouldn't have our faith. We wouldn't have our hope. So Father, I pray that you would use these scriptures, Father, in the hearts and lives of those who's listening in today, Father, that they will speak hope and life into others. And when they do that, they'll receive it back to them, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, Father. They'll receive the blessed hope, Father, of joy and happiness and peace in their life. And I'll thank you for that in advance, and I'll give you all the praise for it now. In Jesus' name I pray. 
Amen. You know, we're going to continue this series on God is our source. So coming up after this particular podcast, I'm going to be talking about the subject of God is our source for success. And I know everybody enjoys success. They like to talk about it. They like to receive it in their life. So we're going to talk about what God's word has to say about success and what real success is. And Father, what fake or pumped up success is and identify it and then see how we can have success that literally is birthed from God and through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives and dwells with each and every one of us. So I hope once again, there we go, using that same word hope, that you have received something special from this teaching today. And I pray that God will bless the follow-up message coming up here shortly. If you'd like to receive more teaching and instruction on living a quality Christian life, then I would like to refer you then to my webpage, which is found at davidcfriendauthor.com. When you tune into that webpage, you will pull it up and you'll see references to a number of books that I've written on the topics of basically quality Christian living, living an abundant Christian life. One book is entitled Generosity, What's in it for me? I think that will be a blessing to you to understand the promises of being generous in our life. Another one has to do with debt-free living. It's called Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living and is written for those people who'd like to get out of debt. And if you would like to get out of debt quickly, it gives you a plan that everyone can be successful in being debt-free. In addition to that, I've written another book entitled Receive Everything from What We Call Nothing. Now that's a book on faith. It's one to help people who are struggling with their faith to have a greater walk of faith. It's based upon the topic Paul wrote about in the book of Romans chapter 4 and verse 17, where he says, this happens because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. What it has to do with is it shows us that God can bring bring everything back to life that he wants to. He can bring anything and everything back to life that he chooses to do so. So he can bring life into your walk with him and he can help you to call forth things that are not as though they are. So I hope that teaching will be a benefit to you. Now I'd encourage you to go back through the list of podcasts that we've done on various topics dealing with living a quality Christian life. I did a series of messages on prosperity specifically on the issues of spiritual prosperity leads to financial prosperity. And we've addressed both topics, and I believe they're a blessing to those who've listened in. And you might want to join literally the thousands of people who have downloaded those podcasts, and I believe they were a blessing to them. You can also go through the list of podcasts and discover the issues we've talked about on faith and generosity and just a plethora of topics that I believe might be beneficial to all those who walk with the Lord. At this time, I'd like to encourage you to maybe call or write or email your friends who you feel may need to hear these lessons, understanding that God is our source for every area of our life. And specifically when it comes to the areas of peace and hope and success are topics I believe that would bless them. So you might want to call someone and ask them to tune in in the upcoming weeks. If you would like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do that on cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Before I close this out today, I just can't help but think about next week's or the next session that we're going to have next podcast, number 118. We're going to deal with the subject of God is our source for success. You know, a lot of folks misunderstand what success really is. Having a big house and a lot of money in the bank may not be a sign of success. 
As a matter of fact, I think of my father when I think about a successful man. He never made a lot of money in his life. He lived in a modest home, lived a very modest life, but he had to be one of the most successful fathers and men that I've ever met because he was a happy person, a person filled with joy and laughter. He never really put a lot of stake into making a lot of money to where that was important, but he poured himself into his family and into his friends and into his church. I can remember when he was about 70 years of age, he told me one day, he says, you know, now that I'm retired and I have a lot of time on my hands, I think I want to volunteer to teach kids how to memorize the scriptures and how to understand the scriptures. So he got involved in a ministry that had to do with scripture memorization for young kids. And I mean young kids, like five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten year olds. And he did that for years and found it such a joy to be able to teach these kids the scriptures because he knew once they got the scriptures into their heart, they knew where they were located in the Word of God, and they knew what these scriptures said, that it would make a great impact on their life. So I would look back on him and say, now there's a man of success. We need to look at, and we will examine it in our next podcast, dealing how God looks at success. What does he think of as a successful person? And you may be surprised, you may be surprised to see what God's definition of success is. So we're going to get into that. I know that God's going to bless it, and I hope that you'll tune in and be a part of that. My goal in this entire podcast, the reason that my wife and I worked on this to make this happen, I do the teaching and the studying and the preparation, and she helps me with all the computer stuff to put things on the computer, that type of stuff. But together, we're putting together a podcast called Quality Christian Living. Many of you may not know this, but Quality Christian Living was a Sunday school class that my wife and I taught for 15 years at our former church. And during that period of time, I taught upon subjects dealing with marriage and families and finances and prosperity and things of that nature. And that impacted our lives and I believe touched a lot of people's lives. Now, please forgive me if you think I'm boasting, but we had a Sunday school class in a church and the Sunday school class had about 600 people on its roster. And every week we would have over 350 or so people who would attend that Sunday school class. So it was a blessing. And because of the title was called Quality Christian Living, my wife and I decided to adopt that and name this podcast that. So quality Christian living has to do with living a positive, good, joyful Christian life, an abundant life, a life that's filled with happiness and peace, a life that knows exactly how to handle trials and challenges in our life, and one that'll help you to understand what it is to become an overcomer, to live the abundant life, and to be more than a conqueror. So that's our goal, and I hope that you'll stay with us and join us as we go from week to week as we put out two podcasts a week to help you see how to deal with living a quality Christian life. So let me just close right now. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. I'm looking forward to speaking again to you at our next podcast. So until next time, may the Lord richly bless you.